Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. How is everyone? How's everyone's summer going? We're like well into it now. I am taking this time to relax, to allow myself to do less, to do fewer things in a day, really trying to ride out this third trimester of pregnancy by being easy on myself giving myself grace and not being stressed about all of the things that I have to do. It's really easy to put a lot of pressure on ourselves and stress ourselves out with our to-do list. So I'm just taking deep breaths and remembering that it's okay to do less. Doing this podcast has been such a joy. I think the guests are getting better and better, and I am so excited for you all to hear from Kirby. Not only is she an incredibly talented singer. She's also drop-dead gorgeous and not just externally, not just on the outside. She has a beautiful spirit and beautiful personality that really comes through on this interview. Now, when I talked to her, it's so cute. She had her little dog in her lap, which is like such an LA moment. So you may hear her little dog barking at the beginning of this interview. That's her baby. Loved it. Love that they were part of the interview. But Kirby is like a low-key legend. She's written music for Beyonce, Ariana Grande, Rihanna, Kanye West. She just worked on something with John Legend. And she has the most amazing singing voice. Let me just play you a clip of her singing that she just posted on TikTok. How was born by the river in a little tent. Oh, and just like that river I've been Her voice is just incredible, but her own music is also incredible. I played some of her song Velvet in the intro here. What I love about Kirby, though, is that she's using her voice to speak up about Black issues, specifically Black women's issues. Now, you've probably seen her aunt Jemima takedown. I'll just play it so that we can bask in the glory of what she had to say. She's in her kitchen as she films this. The aftermath of this video was Quaker taking away the entire Aunt Jemima brand. So this had a lot of power. Let's just listen to it. Baby, you hungry? Let me fix you some breakfast. Aunt Jemima? Did you know the name Aunt Jemima means slave mammy of the plantation south? Did you know the founder, Chris Rutt, a white man, got the name after attending a minstrel show? Think blackface. Did you also know he hired former slave Nancy Green to be his very own Aunt Jemima, where she went around cooking pancakes and telling people stories of the good old South. And afterwards, they could take home a box of Aunt Jemima and that feeling of having their very own mammy. Not today. Black Lives Matter people. Even over breakfast. Absolutely incredible. I talked to her right after this came out. So of course I had to ask her what the whole experience was like from her perspective and her side of things. But we also talked a lot about how she's really worked to embrace her own natural beauty, how growing up in Mississippi, she kind of thought that her proximity to whiteness meant that she was doing well. And if her hair wasn't straight, she didn't feel beautiful. And really just coming into her own in terms of her own beauty, but also coming into her own as a woman, how she's used affirmations to really ground herself and manifest these things she's wanted in her life. She is just lovely inside and out. And I know you guys are going to love the episode. Stay tuned for the takeaways at the very end as always. And before we get into the interview with Kirby, I have to tell you about the latest sponsor. I am absolutely obsessed. 
Have you guys heard of Theragun? It's incredible. The stress of daily life weighs on all of us. Whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day, muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. And now that I'm pregnant, let me just tell you, my back is sore every single day. No matter what, it's probably all of this extra weight that I'm carrying around, but the Theragun has been such a lifesaver. It's a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet you'll wonder if it's even on while you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power and effectiveness. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. It has a personalized Theragun app and the quiet power that you need. It starts at only $199 and again, risk-free for 30 days. So if you don't love it, you can return it. Go to theragun.com slash naked right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash naked, theragun.com slash naked. Enjoy it. Let me know what you guys think. If you love the Theragun, I want to know. DM me, hit me up. I'm at Naked Beauty Planet. I'm obsessed with this thing. I use it all the time. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I am joined by Kirby singer songwriter now we can add like activist to your title as well wow yeah yeah bro that's amazing that's so humbling i've never heard like my name next to that word before wow that's purpose i love that yeah i love that but it's true aren't we all though right aren't we all true we all are but we all don't have the same results that you've had um oh well how does it feel you effectively canceled the Aunt Jemima brand? Child, let me tell you something about how that came to be. Let me tell you what last Saturday was about, Brooke. Okay. Because yeah, last Saturday, she was hungry. She has an eye. And I went to my fridge, but apparently people don't put pancake mix in the fridge and flour in the fridge, but I do. I went to my fridge casually. It was like, oh, you know, I want some pancakes. And in the midst of all that was going on, the picture just hit me like it never had hit me before. And I thought, oh, is this a Black-owned company? Okay, like, this is bomb. Like, we got to start pushing it. And so I Googled, and unbeknownst to me, it was the opposite of a Black-owned company. So it's just, I grew up in a family where 
Aunt Jemima was on Sundays and Saturdays, the pancake, the mix, and never did we have a moment of questioning that woman on that box. And I just think something is in the atmosphere where change is possible and it's rapid. And I think when you endure 400 years of no, those yeses start to come, you know, a little quickly when, when the universe starts to shift things. So I just feel like something is in the air, you know, and I thank God for it. Cause it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's so time. Uh, past due time. Huh? I know. And we, I feel mm-hmm. like I need a different word besides cancel because a lot of people cancel things, but they I know, continue cancel going some, on. Yeah. They, you know, they discontinued, you know, Quake yeah. is discontinuing Aunt Jemima, which is real action. Um, and now I've heard Uncle Ben's is also going to retire. Uncle yeah. Ben, like when you mm-hmm. saw the news, like from Quaker, were you like, Wow. I was shook. My mom, um, first of all, I was like checking Twitter and I seen it trending the night before. And so I was like, wait a minute. And I posted, I was like, you know what? I just hope they change the name and the, and the picture. Just, just me just being extra hopeful. I was like, okay, seriously, yeah. this is going to happen. And like in four o'clock in the morning, some things have been going on with my grandmother. So my mom called me and I'm thinking like, oh no, it's granny. Okay. And she's like, Kirby changed that I'm like mama what what are you talking about and she was saying that it was on the news and I was just I, I mean it was almost like an outer body experience because I'm one of those people I don't feel things like when good things happen I'm not just overly consumed with them like I'm not feeling like oh wow I was a part of that I really I, I just don't internalize things like that so for me it was just like wow this is a phone a 60 second video, a hundred year old company. Like that is the power that we have in our hands right now. We have to be very careful, you know, about what we say and also not undermine the power, the power of our voice, Brooke, because that, that's kind of unheard of, you know what I'm saying? But that's the times that we're living in. It took 30 minutes, an hour or so for me to make that video. And people have there been CNN um, pieces. The family has, you know, reached out to them and none of it, you know, made them budge. I just, I just feel like it's just a, 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 a combination of things that are happening. Be quiet, baby. Combination of things that are happening that are bringing a lot of that, that change is just happening rapidly more so than ever. But it, it shook me. I was like, okay, you need to be careful. Make, make sure that when you say things, you know, don't underestimate the power of what can happen to those words. And I also said, Lord, I pray I never get canceled. I just would never want that feeling because people, you know, my intention was not to cancel. My intention was to inform. So I didn't go, I didn't come like, oh yeah, let's cancel. I was just like, did y'all know? Because right. I didn't know. Right. So it really made me sensitive to cancel culture too. And I'm just like, Lord, please. They no, me but ever experienced it. They deserve to get canceled. You're, you yeah, yeah, for facts, <laughs> girl. I mean, honestly, they deserve to get canceled 399 years ago, 399 and 364 days ago. How can you live with that type of legacy? You know, I know, How, I know. you know, it's so messed up. I know 2020 has just been a rough year, pretty much from the start. But you yeah. had an amazing year. I just watched your NPR Tiny Desk concert, which was oh, girl, maybe one of the best ones I've ever seen. Just absolutely incredible. And then, of course, <laughs> your music was featured so heavily on this season of Insecure. We, we got the, the Kool-Aid moment with oh, Issa in the car, but the velvet moment where Issa and Lawrence are falling back in love and you have that yeah. montage. Like That was everything. 
Girl, it was so sweet. When she had that bonnet on on the couch, I was like, you know what? You know the love is real. When you're like yeah. kissing a man with a bonnet on. Because, you know, for the first few, I feel like for me, for the first month, a year, year at least, I'm like, okay, you will not see me in a bonnet or a scarf. But, like, to be so comfortable with your man, you got a bonnet on, I was like, oh, my gosh. And mind you, like, when they tell you what kind of, what scene sometimes your song will be in, they don't give you details. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh! Oh wow! This is with her and Lawrence. I was just—I I, I love them together. I—I I think they're—they should work Lawrence. out. Yeah, I don't think con- the condola pregnancy thing should be like a whole, you know, deal breaker. It's not like you cheated, you know. I don't know. I—I I, I think they work should work it out. Yeah, they are sweet together. I do love Nathan <laughs> though too. Oh, I know. I'm conflicted. All and of his reveal are just gorgeous. They're the exact opposite of what LA men like are. I don't know where those, those, maybe it's just two of them in LA. Because when I tell you I have not ran into a, a Lawrence or an Ethan, I mean, I've, I've ran into a first season, season one Lawrence, that's for sure. <laughs> but season four Lawrence, honey, I have not found him. Uh, well, no. you're, from, you're from Mississippi. Yeah, which and I love your accent. It's so beautiful. Oh, thank you, thank tell, you. I tell me what it was like. So long. Tell me what it was like growing up in Mississippi. I've actually I've interviewed another woman on this show who's from Mississippi, a white woman. Oh, really? Um, yeah, she's in PR. Her name is Savannah, and we talked a lot about kind of her racial awareness growing up in Mississippi. But I'm curious, as a black woman, what it was like yeah. for you growing up in Mississippi. Brooke, let me tell you, it's just now hitting me how much my life, my teenage years, my childhood was affected by the white gaze. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about how I literally grew up with just the closer my life, my looks, my speech looked like the white standard. That means I'm doing well. The whiter my friends were, that means you were intelligent. You know, I grew up, I didn't have a black teacher till college. You get what I'm saying? Wow. And Mississippi is such a, such a red state. There's a Trump rally three miles from my home. You know, my neighbors actively have a, you know, Trump signs, my parents' neighbors. So Confederate flags on a pickup truck is just a way of, of life. And you just learn to, I mean, I guess it happens unless you just accept it, but it, I really had to undo even more so this year, a lot of my younger years of feeling like the closer that I am to, to um, a white woman in, in, in speech or carrying myself, that means I'm white is right. Like James Baldwin said in his, his thing, he has a, um, a little caricature of a piece and it says that white is right. And I feel like a lot of black kids, including myself, we grew up with that feeling that, you know, being black, is, I didn't grow up in a, in a, in a world where, my state taught me that being black was something to be proud of. Wow. You know, I didn't really get that until my twenties, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just didn't grow up with that. And so I've had to do a lot of, you know, back, back in that time, like, I mean, I'm 30. So we were still straightening our hair. I didn't grow up with music, like how Solange teaches black women to like, don't touch their hair and just feel empowered by that like it just it just wasn't a part of the day-to-day life like right. I was I tell you we were watching this movie with um breaking all the rules right with old school movie we were watching last night with Jamie Foxx and Gabrielle Union is getting her hair, hair done in the salon Gabrielle Union she takes her out of the the, the washer bowl you know getting your hair done yeah 
And she comes up with her hair straight in like 24 inches. <laughs> and she's sitting in the hair in the in the chair and she's like, her hair is wet down her back, straight as a pencil. And I just think like that was so acceptable in that time. Like nobody right. would think to question, like, girl, you definitely are not coming out of water with your hair looking like a mermaid. Like it's not happening. <laughs> but those standards were so felt to be what you had to be. I just didn't have a lot of media options of, you know, it being different. And again, even though Black was beautiful at home, I went to a very white school Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be accepted. And my friends, you know, were mainly white. And so, you know, when I would go over their homes or, you know, being invited to go on, on, you know, hang out after school with them, I think it's just the pressure of, you know, just wanting to fit in. I just kind of was like, I don't want to stand out. So I just kind of conformed. And I feel like because I really at that time didn't have any, like my age examples of saying I'm black and I'm proud and this is not something to be whitewashed. I just didn't like to be black and proud meant to be white. Yeah. was meant to be whitewashed. And I thought I didn't even question it. I didn't question it. But now, honey, it's not, it don't work like that now. (laughs) I know, it's a new day. It's a new day. Since I've known you and your music, you've always Mm -hmm. had such gorgeous big hair, like big (laughs) Afro hair since, I'm trying to, like, yeah, since the first time. Yeah, we do from. 20, 20, I want to say I like learned that you made 2014. Mm -hmm, 2015, Um, 16, mm -hmm. Yeah, so you now embraced like the big fro. It's like your signature. Is that intentional? I tell you, I went natural and I went natural with extensions. And so I remember the first time that I took out my sewing, I had like a straight hair sewing, right? I took my hair down. I looked at it and it had grown out and I was seeing my natural curl pattern. And I realized for the first time why God had given me my features. And I felt like this is why I don't feel beautiful when my hair is straight because I am not supposed to be that. And so I just feel like when I had that moment of realizing what my face and what God had given me was made for, I just, you cannot convince me to straighten my hair. You really just can't. Now you can probably also not convince me not to wear a weave. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> I love a good curly weave I love a good fro honey I, I I love versatility but to to put on a straight wig like when I had to put that straight wig on for don't leave your girl I was like take this thing off of me because it does not feel like me I do not feel as I grew up feeling that unless I had straight hair I could not be beautiful I'm at a point in my life now that when I have straight hair I don't feel beautiful and that's not judgment to anybody else I just don't feel authentic wearing it and I'll blow it out but I can't tell you the last time I put a pressing comb or straightener to my hair yeah well it looks Mm. so beautiful and then when you think about young girls growing up seeing you seeing your music videos seeing your TikTok videos seeing you on Instagram (laughs) then it becomes something aspirational for them as well and they may accept their hair more I pray so I have a younger a younger cousin and and they stay at the uh, hair salon and her hair is like down her back and she always wears this straight. But it is my hope that I can, she she's growing up, up in Mississippi too. You know what I'm saying? And right. they still have that standard of colorism is very real. You want to have long hair, all these type of things that that are a false equate to beauty. So I really, really do hope, Brooke, that 
some little girl can see a fro and know that it's cool because I just wasted so much time. And honestly, we could have probably had so many more inches if we just would have kept our hair in its natural state. Like, could you imagine if every Black woman had natural hair from birth and never got a relaxer? We I would know. just, honey, everybody just waste, waste hair, waste hair. Not that that's the standard, but it's just, it would be so cool to know that we could, to embrace ourselves from 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 birth to to womanhood. It's just, I dream of, having daughters who grow, can grow up in the world and really feel like I don't have to change who I am. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I want to Thank talk you. about, you're so talented, right? You have this beautiful, oh, beautiful voice, um, you know, God-given talent, incredible talent, but you're also a really successful songwriter. I know you wrote four or five seconds for Rihanna and Paul McCartney <laughs> and Kanye West and Only One and you've written for Ariana Grande. Like, You've done all of these amazing things. I'm curious for you, like when you were first entering the industry, um, mm. and maybe this is back when you signed Miss Rock Nation, but when you were just, you knew that you were someone who was talented, but then you become a product in a way. And that product has to have an image and look a certain way. Mm. And you are beautiful. So I'm sure that you all too. of the record executives were really happy because they were like, oh, she's got a great look and she sounds mm. really great too. But mm. I would imagine that it must be strange to step out of yourself and see mm. yourself as this kind of commercial product all of a sudden mm. and understand that you have to be packaged and look a certain way. And you were probably young when all of this was happening. And I'm just wondering. Yeah. You. you know what? I really feel like the reason why God didn't allow me to sign to a label first is because, Brooke, I would have never had that period of forcing myself to learn how to love myself outside of people's validation. If I would have gotten signed as an artist as quickly as I got um, signed as a songwriter, I don't know who I would be. And I'm pretty sure whoever that person would be, I would like them because I just for such a long time, you know, had not done the work. I just had not done the work and was just waiting for me to walk into a room and have some producer or some executive to say, oh, she's enough or she's special. And it's just like, I believe God did not give me that because he knew that if he did, I would base my entire worth on what what somebody else was saying about me. And I, you know, after I did songwriting, the four or five seconds and all those songs came out. I moved back home to Mississippi for two years because I said, I'm losing myself in LA. I'm shrinking. I'm in these rooms and I literally feel my confidence and my self-esteem getting smaller because I felt like my value was only attached to my product. And at that time was my words, my songwriting. And I just, I didn't like that feeling. And I said, you know what? This is going to have to be, we're going to have to undo this. And the only place I know how to undo it is back home with people who care about me for who I am and not just for what I do. And so I think I did fall fall into the trap of wanting people to love me first so that I can have proof that I could love me. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. But God did not give me that. And I feel like he, the reason why he even like allowed something to go viral, like the Anja Mama thing, is because he knows that I know what it feels like to be small and keep going. And because of that, I'm, I'm really not phased by increase because I'm one of those people. If it's just 
if I got to sing in a room with six people, I'm going to do it because I know what it, that time in Mississippi just trained me to be okay with singing when nobody's clapping, writing when the phone is not ringing. So when people come, it doesn't faze me because I've learned for very, for years, for a very long time that sometimes you're doing really good work and the applause and the attention is not there. Who are you going to be then? Are you going to stop? Who are you doing it for? And I realized when I didn't stop that I loved it so much that I still wanted to do it. Then I was like, okay, if the numbers come, great. If they don't, okay. But I, I just need to be able to keep going and do it and know that I'm enough. Not because people mm-hmm. clapped first. No. That's so deep. <laughs> Girl, we get so deep so early in the morning too, aren't we? <laughs> no, I love it though. I love it. It's so Oprah. <laughs> but I've also, I've heard you also talk about the fact like when you look back at the Loved by You era that you were in a lot of pain, that you were dealing with heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And there's something so profound about the fact that musicians particularly have this relationship to pain where it does create good art. But then Mm -hmm. when you think about self-care and how important Mm -hmm. that is, you know, you don't want to be in a place of pain all the time, but you want to also create great art. So you had to kind of like work on your own self-healing to create different Mm -hmm. art. Could you Mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about that? I think just to piggyback on the, on the thing before, for me, I, I, I said, I'm not going to continually prop it off of my pain because if I feel like I need pain in order to create, then I'm going to attract unloving situations. I'm going to attract unloving men because I feel like a part of me needs that in order to be who I'm supposed to be in order to be creative. Like, let me just get into a situation because I need something to write about. I used to think like that. Like, I don't like him, but I'm going to get a real good song out of this. Girl, I'm not trying to get a real good song out of him. Uh, Give a year to a man so I can get a real good song. I I mean, I would like to get married, but not a, no. So for me, I was like, you know what? I I don't believe that I have to induce pain into my life in order to be a related vulnerable artist. I don't, I feel like just live Kirby, just live. And your healing has just as much value as your brokenness. And, and people need to hear that side as well. I feel like, like with Mary J. Blige, that, that's no, that's why no more drama is so powerful because you've heard her cry so long, but to hear her on the other side of that, it's like, you know what? Yes. And so I, I, even with the EP Sis, I really did not want to make a woe is me sad Black woman story because that's not my truth. And I, I, I want Black women to believe that they're lovable, that they're valued. And that belief does not start with the man telling you that. And I had to learn that the hard way, that this whole void that I was feeling inside of me, nobody's going to come into my life and feel that. You got to love yourself. You like have to date you and figure out what you like and what you don't like. Are you going to change your hair because somebody comes in and he's like, oh, I don't like your hair like that. 25 year old me might have been a little bit more susceptible to men like that. But she, her, I now, girl, okay, you know what? I'm going to keep my wig and you can go because I just, (laughs) I, I just don't have time for that. So yeah, I really had to go ask God to like teach me to love myself. And I'm not all the way there yet. I'm still learning. It's still things about me that I'm like, oh Lord, you know, you could have just made this a little bigger and this a little smaller, but self-acceptance, when you, when I stopped, I ch- when I changed my value card, when I shifted from beauty not being my number one 
thing on my list that I felt a woman has to have in order to be attractive. I had to change that immature belief that being pretty is everything. Right. And I think you just grow up thinking, oh, she's just, oh, she's so pretty. She's so pretty. But I think when I see unconventional beauty, like a Viola Davis, when I see Michelle Obama's, when I see Janelle Monet, women who just possess something so much deeper than a pretty a beauty about them. Yes. That's what I started to want. I stopped wanting to be a pretty girl. I wanted a beauty. And I realized that that really does start from the inside. Absolutely. It really does. This sounds hella corny, but it's, it's facts. You know, it it's really facts. is. It yeah. Is. You can feel it, girl. You can feel when a woman feels good about herself versus yes. when she's pretty, but she doesn't have it, you know? Is there anything you've done to kind of build up your confidence? Like, are there, you know, kind of self-care practices? Do you do manifestations? Are you into yoga? Yes. First of all, girl, this quarantine has got me into this whole vinyasa flow. Love it. First of all, shout out to Amut because he and Gabriella put me on Obey Fitness. And I was like, okay, is this going to work? When I tell you I do Obey Fitness every day, like... I love it. Yes. I love it. So I'm now yogi. I love yoga. Still trying to get more flexible, but you know, it's a process. (laughs) I do speak. um, I have scriptures that I say every morning when I pray over my family and myself. And I do speak affirmations. I was reading the um, power of the subconscious mind. And I realized, Brooke, I was having a hard time visualizing what my happiness looked like. Like I just couldn't, love like what is that what is a guy what does me being in love look like what is what is me loving myself look like and so I had to like boil it down to statements of things I want to hear um so I have one that says Kirby your family is so beautiful (laughs) and when I hear that I can see in my head and feel in my body like motherhood and children and healthy relationships and I think when I just speak those things out loud, it's just started to um, give me those imaginations again. Because I think, you know, patience, hope deferred makes the heart sick. After a while, you kind of like, you stop dreaming. And I had to really write out what, as, it's, as silly as they are, I literally, my first, when I was telling my friend yesterday, my first affirmation that I started saying, I think around like March of this year, was Kirby, your skit has gone viral. It's the first really? one on there. Wow. Yeah. And I would wake up and I would speak it. I would say my prayers. I would say my scripture and I would speak that. And mind you, I was putting up so much stuff and I would check and I'd be like, okay, this is the opposite of viral. But <laughs> regardless, I would just keep speaking it, speaking it. I made wow. like my password on TikTok, something very positive, you know? So I would just, I don't know. I tried to really... Um, be careful about what I say, because I do believe you're going to have what you speak. Your mind is so powerful. Faith is so powerful. Even if you are not a believer in the higher power of God, Jesus, Buddha, whatever your choice is, what you, what you have in your life is what you thought and what you spoke in. You know, a thin out, like no one spoke COVID into existence, you know, so some things happen beyond our control. Right. But for the most part, what you have, what you're sitting in, you thought that into existence. So I really have to, um, I try to speak over myself and over my family a lot. And I have like a list, girl, it's two pages that I am very loyal to of what I say before I start my day. And I do not, prayerfully, I try not to 
answer a call or send a text. And I sure enough will not check Instagram or social media before I speak those affirmations. I will not roll rolling over my bed and then checking that phone and checking social media. Girl, I would never. Wow. Never. I I cannot do that. (laughs) So, okay. So now we know a little bit more about your internal beauty process, but I have to talk to you about (laughs) the products and treatments you love because you are like always glowing and I'm dying to know like... Yeah, I want to be like you. (laughs) But also I feel like you are really good at hair and makeup because obviously in quarantine, you've been filming all this stuff at home. You don't sound like you have a team doing Mm -mm. your glam. And she mm-hmm. like, looks so good. So I'm like, okay, I know she has like makeup skills too. <laughs> so sweet. Let's start with maybe, do you want to do hair care, skin care, or makeup? Girl, let's go to the hair. Okay. I, um, first of all, I love extensions. So I am wearing extensions right okay, now. Kirby, Kirby has, or... This is a wig. You would never love. guess it, but it's a wig. And I only tell people now because my wig designer is a black woman out of the UK and I want her to get all the love and all the support that she needs as long yes. as she doesn't slow up on sending my wig. I do want her <laughs> to get her business even more booming. So I was anti-wig. I was like... Wait, what's her name? We need to know her name. Yes, Gina Knight's wig design. Okay. And I had a girl named Melina Rose color it. I learned the hard way. My hair cannot take color. I have very long waistland hair. I do not wear my hair. What I do every night, girl, I do castor oil, castor oil my scalp. I have a hair growth, Ali K Naturals hair growth oil that I use. I use this other girl. Her name is Amber Danny. She's from my hometown. She has like a peppermint hair growth that literally... When I tell you, I feel like I put that thing on my head and I wake up in the morning and I have a whole new inch. Like, I don't know what she has in that stuff, but it grows my hair and I take vitamin E because I am not because I'm big on like being black Rapunzel, even though that is like a secret goal of mine. I do love (laughs) to have some 4A to the floor hair like that is my dream. Kinky long hair like that. That is. I've still got some work to do. Long. You're like, you're girl, almost, you're almost not the dream. Girl, speak it. I receive it. I receive it. I really do want to be Afro-Puzzle. So I'm very loyal about that. But I, I believe in hair extensions. I am not a person that thinks to be natural, you have to wear your, only your natural hair. I do not straighten my hair, put heat on my hair unless it's a light blow dry. Right. But I love hair extensions. I love heat free hair. Heat free here has some of the best. Those are my, those are the, I'm not wearing them now, but those are my favorite clip-ins. Heat Aren't they great? So oh good. my God. The but blend you know what? I want to get so mine good. colored like you. Like I want yes. someone, someone to have them colored. Yeah. Yes, girl. And it's going to take, because heat free hair does really good with like, if you lighten it, the curl is going to bounce back. It's not going to get all um, stringy and stuff like that. But I love heat free hair. I mean, I love wigs. I really do. I, that's my newfound thing, girl. I need a whole new closet for them because. I got three more that I want to order. <laughs> yes. I love it. And do you just put on like a stocking cap and then put the wig over? Do you get yeah, into the glue? I do not glue. My my friend, she's gluing and I'm like, sis, I'm not there yet. Because I'm yeah. protective of my edges. My I I mean, I want I want my edges to be okay. So I take it off. Like I, I um I put a little stocking, what's a little netted cap on mm-hmm. and girl, I go about my day. I never thought a month ago, you could not convince me that I would be wearing a wig, something that I could not have on in perpetuity. But it's it's flexible, like to be able to take it off and put it on and ultimately play with color without damaging your hair. Because everybody's hair can't take color. And I wanted to go 
really bold. I want to go even lighter than this. And I'm not doing that to my hair. So girl, with they are a blessing to me. <laughs> I love them, honey. Love it. What yes. about your, your skincare routine? Girl, so I do like, I have medicated acne cream. I have really dry skin and I have a lot of acne prone skin. Okay, so, I have dry skin as well. The struggle really? is real. Yeah. Oh, girl, I was reading your moisturizing routine. You were like, do more, do more. Everyone's like, do less. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> you can actually do more. Girl, slather it on. When I tell you, girl, I read, no, I saw an interview with Tyra Banks and she was talking about how she went to sleep with Vaseline on her face. And ever since I saw that, and after doing it, I really do wake up and my skin feels better. So really? I know, yeah, I know we're not supposed to be team petroleum jelly. My sister's a vegan and she's like, girl, it has the word petroleum in it. Why are you putting something ga- gas jelly on your face? But when I tell you, honey, I look younger when I put that thing on. It just, I just, I do my, what is it? CeraVe, CeraVe. I do like yeah, a little. I love CeraVe. Right. It's good. Right. So I do that. I do witch hazel on my face. Um, a little, um, what's that thing? Something from like clean and clear that I do. And then girl, I put on that Vaseline at night and wake up and I just feel like my skin is just much better. But I, I'm just now, and this is a bad thing. I'm just now getting into Kirby. Don't leave this house without sunscreen only because it was giving me like pimples, but I found a tinted moisturizer, Laura Mercier, and it has SPF, I think 30 or 40 in it. Okay. Um, I love that Laura Mercier tinted moisturizer. It's light. It does not break me out. That and their um, there's translucent setting powder. Oh, that I love. Bomb. Isn't it good, right? Have you tried Black Girl sunscreen? No, what's that? You have to check it out. Obviously, black owned. Um, yeah, but it doesn't leave any white cast. It has all these natural oils in it. it really, like makes Ooh. your skin glow. That's a great sunscreen as well. Black girl sunscreen. Yes. Okay, yes. I'm gonna Google that. I need. I need one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be hot in California. Find, I know, and LA especially, the sun is always yes. out. But yeah, I'm always uh, trying to find more black owned skincare. Skincare. Yeah. You know what? I think we got the hair thing in abundance right now, mm-hmm. but black owned skincare is rare, right? I know it is rare. There's a great brand in LA. The race in LA called Clore. I'll send you all their information, uh, but they. Yeah. Amazing. I think you what do they do? Stuff. They have like what's it's their all line? sustainable, all natural, really, really like quality ingredients, beautiful packaging. The founder oh. has like a deep beauty background. It's it's just like oh. really good, really good quality. I love that. Send me, send me. Yes. Oh, speaking yes. of black owned, did you see Beyonce's black parade? Yes, I love that. So dope. Oh man. So yeah. dope. She put a list of black businesses on like that change. That's a game changer. Yeah. Such a game changer. And I mean, for you, when you think about doing like your shoots in the future, like, do you have the power to request black designers be pulled for your shoots? Like, are you thinking about how you're going to use your position to advocate for more black designers and black makeup artists and hairstylists? Mm-hmm. First of all, honey, my makeup artist is going to be black. <laughs> Point blank and period. Because that's just, a, that's a non-negotiable, non-negotiable in my book. Like, it's, it's you got to have some melanin to do this face. That's it's just it's just so especially with my features I need you to have a, a well-rounded background when it comes to working with a black woman's skin and black face and oftentimes that comes with that being your own canvas. Yes. Um. I really what I'm gonna um, 
definitely start pushing for it. And I was so happy we were able to do it yesterday with the um, Juneteenth shoot. Oh um, the jewelry, uh, girl, we were literally in the backyard. Uh, it was uh, a black jewelry designer. She's an African jewelry designer. So I was so glad that my, my team, my girl, she's a Latina woman and a black girl. They were like, listen, she's an African designer. Shop Lola Adu, I think that's her name. So we incorporated her. I am actually not the most fashion conscious girl. I love hair, but I'm not like my fashion is not my thing. So I think what I'm going to have to work on is just being more intently about, I probably would never know the name, but just having a verbal overall knowing of like, y'all, let's intentionally seek out Black designers. My other stylist that's on the East Coast, I am at H. Diddy, it's his Instagram. He's a Black stylist and he consistently uses Black designers. So usually anytime that I'm working with him, when we do custom pieces, it's from um, a Black designer because he's about that. He's about that when it's in season and out of season because you know this might pass and people go back to doing what they're going to do but when I tell you he's about it because that's who he is and I think when you align yourself with people who have that as their mission it's not a try hard you know it's because everybody on the team is conscious enough to know that it was super hard for us to get in the door we have a responsibility to keep that thing propped open and bring other people in the door that looks like us and that's not being um racist that's not being um unfair that's just being i I feel intentional and i think we have to it's disproportionate amount of people in this industry um when it comes to people of color so we have to we have to keep the door open because other people aren't yeah we have to look out for each other yeah there are so many black designers and black beauty brands that would love to you know have stuff should should they just dm you DM me, honey, because I'm not one of those people who doesn't check her DMs because I don't okay. know what the husband, the husband might slide through in the DMs, you know, everybody <laughs> be a tech giant in my DMs right now wanting to slide through or, or a humble man that's just a good guy. So I do check my DMs. Like, okay. yes, we'll DM me. <laughs> what about makeup? I want to know your makeup faves. Girl, I'm so simple when it comes to makeup. Literally, I don't leave the house without a lash. Fake lashes or mascara? fake lashes i am i want right before quarantine i had my lash extension appointment of course that did not happen (laughs) probably good since we have been locked down for like 90 days but i don't i I strip strip lashes girl i i have a moment if i'm up the lashes are on i i love them i have you seen that meme with like the frog (laughs) takes off his lashes it's like before and after the eyes look so different like I, I love myself and I can take that for a certain period of time. But honey, when that sun starts rising, I'm like, let me glue this lash on. <laughs> I love that. What's, what's your go-to lash? So basic, girl. Ardell, Ardell. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Natural, whis- Demi Wispies. I yes. mean... The Ardell Demi Wispies. But ev- I interview so many makeup artists, people that like really know their stuff. And it's always Ardell. Yeah, they do the trick, girl. And I, I'm at the point now, Brooke, I don't even need a tweezer. Like I can just... With really? my fingers. Like, yeah, I'm not going. I cannot be a lashless queen. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I do my lashes. I do the tinted moisturizer now. I do primer. I'm still trying to find like a really good primer. Okay. Because I'm not the girl who like, you know how some girls can really pull that dewy look off? I get hot naturally. Okay. So especially if I've got bundles on my head, I don't want to feel dewy. 
I want to feel matted out. I don't want to feel like, oh, girl, I'm wet. My neck is wet. My bundles are hot. I just want to take everything off. No, I like I like a matted look. So I definitely use a primer. I definitely try to do like I bake out a little bit with my translucent powder. And ooh, I really like Lime Crime. They have like this matte lipstick that's like a glows on as goes on as a gloss, mm-hmm. and then it mattes out. But I'm thinking for the summer, gonna have to add a little gloss because it's just a little drying. You know, matte is so pretty, but it's it's harsh on your lips. So I'm gonna like try a new lip thing. But that's my main staple, girl: a nude lip, a pretty natural, you know, face. And some lashes. I don't contour on a daily. I don't do highlight unless it's like a little something on my nose. I want to get a good concealer. That's what I'm about to buy. I think I mm. saw the Dior makes a really good one. I forget. Yeah, I think Dior makes um, a good one. But yeah. my favorite concealer of all time is Kevin Aquan Sensual what? Skin Enhancer. It's like a game changer. Girl, the name alone. What? <laughs> it's so good. Really? Yeah. Kevin Malone? I'll DM you the name. It's amazing. Yes, girl. I need a good one. Because when I, that's the favorite thing I love. When they put your concealer on and you look and you're like, I'm here. Like, it's just (laughs) like a natural glow. So that's what I've got to add to my repertoire. A good concealer. And And that's it for me, honey. Are there any beauty mistakes you've made in your life that you've learned from and you want others to learn from? Oh my God. I think the purple lipstick phase was a mistake for me. I was doing hella purple lipstick. I like, I like you with dark lipstick. It looks so Girl, nice. So yeah. I was looking back. I was like, this looks too harsh. This was like it a nine o'clock like the in the moodiness morning. of the music. Yeah, I was going through a phase, huh? <laughs> um, I would never color my hair again. I, I mean, I went through, I was red. I was basically kind of low-key this color without the highlights. Um, and I was putting heat on my hair. So I was natural with color and heat every two weeks. And my hair girl was like, we're done for. I just wasn't taking care of it, you know? So I think my biggest beauty mistake was just not knowing or doing the research on what my hair needs, like what type of conditioners to use. I use like, thank God I'm natural now. I love their products. Also being careful to not look at products that might have, you know, some things that are harmful to the female body. My sister's vegan and she's like, Kirby, read those labels. Like if they have some things in that, there's a California prop. What is it? 18 or something. There's a law in California now. So if you order something off Amazon and it has anything that could possibly, you know, cause illness in your body, you know, it shows But back in the day, you have to really kind of like read and be aware. So I think for me, once I find something that works, I just don't change. And that's kind of where I am now. I found some things that I think work and I don't change. But before then, I was just like, I want red hair. <laughs> not going to think about what kind of conditioner to use. Not going to think about, okay, maybe I should, you know, not put, you know, flat iron and a pressing comb on my hair so that my weave is like slicked down. Like, no, that was still, I was still very much, I made so many beauty mistakes when I was going through my whole undoing and unlearning my natural beauty. I think all of my beauty mistakes, really a lot of them happened during that phase. But after that phase, girl, I went through a two, I went, I went too there. I went too deep. I was overlining. I love a big top lip. I look back at some of my pictures 
I felt like my overline was all the way up here. I was like, girl, <laughs> what are you doing? And that's okay. But it was just like, nobody has like lip like that, Kirby. I was OD with the overlining. I still overline now, but it's not two inches above my lip. It's just like, a, <laughs> it's just a little bit. Yeah. But I went through a phase with like, honey, you're going to love these big, big lips. And I'm going to give you to double the portion up top. So I, I that was my most recent beauty mistake. I was over, over. <laughs> I know it's a, it's, it's hard to get right. I've heard um, Beyonce's makeup artist, Sir John talk about how he mm-hmm. does the overlining, but he does it like yes. so precisely. Yeah. I can see how you can like go overboard. Girl, I was like, why didn't nobody tell me that I was trying to build a lip? Like we don't have to, I got lips. Yeah, like, girl, lips. girl, they was honey. They was the fullest. And not natural because I love a big full lip, but I, I nobody had the lips that I was trying to make. So it, I just that was my most recent <laughs> beauty what about, mistake. What about with um, makeup artists? Like, do you ever get in the chair and see what they're doing and think, "Oh my god, this is just an absolute disaster," and I want it all taken off? Do you talk sure. to them beforehand? Do you bring your own foundation to set? Like, because that's putting a lot of trust into someone else in your image. Girl, I only work with one girl now because okay. we just have built up so much stress. But that that only happened, I think, because I had so many years of sitting in a chair and getting out of it and feeling so unattractive, which led me to believe that I'm not pretty with makeup. Mm. And that wasn't true. But I had people trying to turn me into something else when I sat in the chair, like, overly contouring I have a full nose so they would like try to girl I don't know what they would be trying to do or making my skin orange or too much eye makeup it's like wait I did not sit here to leave another person I want to know who I am when I come at your chair but I think too it comes with like you say like you know practicing your own routine so that when you sit in somebody's chair it's a joint effort like I'm not expecting to get up out of this chair and feel like, oh, I'm another woman. That's not my goal. I'm, it's not transformative like that. I love people on YouTube who can do that. But for me, you know, I want to get out of the chair and feel like, oh, it's just a little better. You know, we just put a little salt and pepper in this. So I have a makeup artist now, Makeup by Nimai, who I love. She's a Black woman. And she, she, she said the other day, she said sometimes people come to her page and they're like, um, do you do non-TLC? Because when I tell you, she's about it. Like the problem that we have about yes. like, oh, do you do black women? She's yeah. having the opposite because when she's about our women. So I love her. And she, one thing that I, I know that's so important when you're working with people who are working on your face and your, your clothing and your body, your hair, which is such a sensitive subject, you have to work with people who are able to take instruction and don't feel like, this is what I'm going to do. And if you don't like it, there's no compromise. Like right. I can be like, Oh, Nima, like, can we change this brow? And there's no, right. she just does it, you know? So I sit in her chair and her goal is to make me feel comfortable, not do the makeup she wants to do on me. We'll try some things and experiment, but it's collaborative, you know? So I had a hard time speaking up early on because I felt almost innately that maybe they are doing the best. I'm just not a good canvas. But when I had an experience where I got my makeup done and I felt beautiful, I said, okay, it's not that I'm not pretty. It's just that I have to work with people who see my beauty. And when they use their makeup brushes, they're just enhancing that. They're not taking away from that or trying to make it different. So 
makeup is tricky, but once you get somebody who really understands your face and what you're going for, it's it's beautiful. It's yes. beautiful. I love it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and you work with artists as a songwriter as well. And it's like that that give and take, right? Mm -hmm. Similar process. Yes, girl, it is. Shout out to John Legend. We got one on his record that just came out. Oh my God. Congratulations. Thank you, girl. I got to watch their verses, Alicia Keys and John, but he was so cool to work with. But yeah, everything in life is just better when it's collaborative, you know? Yeah. It's just better that way. So it really is. What's next for you? Because you, I mean, you've you've worked with everyone. I mean, I feel like once you work with Beyonce, like what, yeah, she what she's else? the all encompassing, right? <laughs> what else? What else is there to to strive for? But obviously, you have some, and you have your own music that's so incredible. And I feel like this year it's like really, really blowing up. Um, Thank you, sis. Congratulations on your brand deal with Converse. Congratulations you. On, on, you know, this whole Aunt Jemima takedown, the incredible, like, <laughs> you know, a lot of people were like saying cancel 2020, but it seems like for you, Mm-mm. you know, you're just getting started and accomplishing so much. Like what, what more do you want? Like what's next for you? I think I'll, I'll take it on a three-tier level. Spiritually, I want to um, continue just to put God first develop an even stronger prayer life and to be more present and calm. I think that comes through me just being not just such an overworker, but taking time out to do yoga, taking time out to have conversations that have nothing to do with work, just really being present in the moment and not so anxious about what's ahead. Because honestly, girl, 2020 has done one thing and that is you can make your plans, but baby, life has a way of you know telling you no yes no here and giving you a whole nother route so I feel like for me I'm just gonna I have to work on just being present and being grateful and being okay what I've learned from this on Jamama thing really Brooke is that it's not really the tree it's the seed like as soon as you get an idea just be grateful that you can hear that idea in your spirit because okay if it works and if it goes out to millions of people that's the fruit of it but the real thing to be grateful for is that you heard it when there was nobody else in the room when it was quiet and it was just you and you listened and you obeyed whether that's whether that's a song idea or a blog idea or your podcast idea like you have to hear it before the audience is telling you to do it and so I just want to remain quiet enough in my routine, make space for the hearing of those type of things, you know, and not get so caught up in like things that weren't there before, you know, just, just remain, still cultivate that type of peaceful and and quiet life so that I can hear what I need to hear from the inside. I would say, girl, what else is coming out? We're releasing a new EP before this year's over, point blank and period. Yeah, it's already done. We're going to do some video treatments. Fourth quarter, God willing, we have a single coming out in July, possibly two singles, but we're going to put the foot on the gas and we're not letting up because I look at this as a second chance and a lot of people do not get those. And I've been praying for a second chance for a very long time, Brooke. And so I wrote a EP during quarantine. I was like, okay, I'm not going to sit here and be sad. Let's finish this record. I found out that the guy I wrote Leon about is happily engaged and that was more than enough information for me to write <laughs> to write a record about. So Leon Leon is canceled. 
but the EP <laughs> is not. So we we have a more more material. I'm done writing about him now, and um, I'm ready to put that out, girl. We, it, we're we're almost there. We're like in the ninety percent um, stretch when it comes to it, and I just I'm ready. We got the video with Lucky Day coming out. God willing, sometime next week or the week after. And honestly, just more music, more content, more music, and just more intentionality in what we're putting out. And everything that I will be doing going forth is going to be in support of Black women. It's just, for me, I have to do it because, like we said before, it's a part of me learning to love that. Because for the first 25 years of my life or so, that wasn't my story. So when I'm saying, when I'm putting pictures of me and hair rollers when I'm wearing an Afro, it's really me teaching myself and giving myself visual examples of the woman that I'm going to teach myself to love, you know? So that is my goal. As I learn to love myself as a Black woman, I will assuredly put more content out that helps it easier for other Black women to love themselves as well. Wow. I love to hear that. Yes, ma'am. Your little pretty self, you just are glowing. I hope they can see you when you put this out. Y'all, this woman, Brooke, I don't know what, I know what it is. This is a beautiful baby, but she is glowing, glowing from the inside out. Gorgeous. Thank you. you. Yeah. Well, this is my final question. I ask all of my guests and it is, Mm -hmm. when do you feel most beautiful? I'm going to give you a surface answer. I'm going to give you a a heart answer. Honey, when when this hair is right, (laughs) I'm a hair woman. I just feel, I've, the bigger the fro for me, I am, I'm at home. I really am. Big hair to me is just, it's, it's like a sigh of relief. I don't know what it does for me. I think it's just, for me, it just centers me. And it's like, okay, everything makes sense now. Everything about me makes sense. But when I really feel most beautiful too, it's just when I'm celebrating another woman. When I see somebody win- winning in life and my reaction is not, oh my God, is she getting ahead of me? It's, girl, I'm happy for you. Or, girl, like, he loves you, sis. Like, that's awesome. When I have enough love in myself to genuinely celebrate somebody else, and that's my natural reaction, I feel confident and I feel beautiful. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Anytime I feel confident. I love I that am answer. Beautiful. thank you so much Kirby for being on Naked Beauty and where can people find you I mean I'll link to your Instagram and everything and your TikTok which is so great (laughs) please follow me on TikTok honey at Sing Kirby Sing everywhere at Sing Kirby Sing that's where you'll find me and just Kirby on music platforms (laughs) yes yes this was awesome Brooke air hug air hug hug. thank you so much You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, 
Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, guys, let's get into some of the takeaways from my conversation with Kirby. Takeaway number one, just never underestimate the power of your voice. She spoke out about a thought she had about the Ancha Mima brand and look where that brought the conversation. Look how that shifted something on a global scale. Just never undermine the power of your own voice. Takeaway number two, I thought it was so interesting hearing her talk about growing up in Mississippi and this false assumption she had that her proximity to whiteness meant she was doing well. She grew up thinking unless she had straight hair, she didn't feel beautiful. And I think it's really important for us to remember that there's so much unlearning that we have to do as we come into our own and come into our own sense of beauty. Takeaway number three, she talks about shifting her values away from this idea that being pretty is everything. Her exact quote was, I stopped wanting to be a pretty girl. I wanted a beauty. And that really does start from the inside. I love that. And I think that's so important to remember. Takeaway number four, hair extensions and wigs are just a great way to change up your look. If you guys follow me on Instagram at Naked Beauty Planet, you know I have been playing around with wigs and trying to get into wig life. I love the brand Heat Free Hair. Change up your look without damaging your hair. That's kind of the name of the game. Maintain the health of your hair, but still get that spark of something new and something different. Takeaway number five, writing down affirmations has been a big part of her success. And I think it's wild that she wrote down this affirmation and that a skit that she would create would go viral. And it happened. I hear so much about people writing down what they want to see in the world and how effective it is. I need to do more of that. Takeaway number six, we just have to look out for each other in terms of buying Black designers, Black beauty brands. She talked about working with stylists that support Black designers. I think it's really important that we keep this top of mind. And when we do have a choice to try to support people of color when possible. Takeaway number seven and final takeaway, her point about being grateful for an idea really resonated with me as well. She talked about how the tree is the outcome, but the seed is that initial idea. And you have to be quiet and still enough so that you can truly receive a message. Such an important reminder for us all. I'm definitely an ideas person. And I feel like ideas come to me, my best ideas come to me when I am being still and centered. And it's really important to cultivate that so that you have the creative energy to manifest your ideas. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will be back next week with an all new episode, sending lots of love and light. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 